just in an airplane. And they say this every single time, but if you need an oxygen mask, you have to give yourself the oxygen mask first before you give it to a child or somebody in need, because if you can't save yourself, you can't save anybody else either. Hello, welcome to Balance and Moderation. We're a wellness podcast with some personality. Join me, Rob Young, and my friend Sheridan Lee on our pursuit of healthiness in the real world. Big love is the motto and our message is for everyone. So please don't forget to share this with all the beautiful people in your life. Enjoy. Okay. All right. We're are we rolling? We're rolling now. All right. Yeah. Happy Monday. Happy Monday. What's what's balance and moderation without some technical difficulties in the beginning? <laughs> Classic. How are you doing, Robbie? Um, I'm good. I'm good. I had a nice little Sabbath from social media over the weekend. Oh, lovely. And I guess I'm, I'm using Sabbath right in that, correct? Mm. I'm not sure. I didn't grow up Christian. I thought it's like fasting. <laughs> I don't know. I, Something like that. I'm not super deep in Christianity, but uh, anyways, I yeah, I had a little bit of a social media fast, and and that was nice. Got to see a lot of family and old friends over the weekend. So pretty rejuvenating weekend overall. Oh, that's awesome. How was yours? You were uh, up in uh, the Carolinas. I was, and I actually kind of took a little bit of a social media detox while I was up in the mountains because didn't have great service, so that was a blessing in disguise. But yeah, it was my grandma's 90th birthday on Friday. Yeah, so she is a huge inspiration for me. Shout out to uh, Kay. You're amazing. (laughs) I don't know if she actually listens to the episodes. It might might be a little inappropriate, some of the content for my grandma to be listening to, but um, she's, she's a wonderful person. She's still very physically and mentally with it, even as she approaches this older age in her life. And so I was really grateful to be able to get together with my family and my cousins to be able to celebrate this with her. So we celebrated with red wine and her famous lasagna and darts in the middle of the mountains. And it was just, it was just a perfect little getaway. We weren't there for very long, but it was just the right amount of time. That sounds wonderful. Yeah, it was great. That's great. Yeah. So today we're going to kind of have a conversation about boundaries and you kind of have some context to the boundaries or at least a brief little story of something that happened that has happened to you recently (laughs) that isn't with I think when we talk about boundaries a lot of times people jump straight to romantic relationships but I know for me personally and and just the research I've done those are usually a reflection of your relationships overall Mm -hmm. so kind of give us a little uh Uh, So this is a very real tangible example of boundaries. This has to do with my home life, actually. So I live in St. Pete and I live on about a lot and a half of land and my house is only like 1,200 square feet. Uh, So most of it is yard. And the people who lived there before us, I believe they were Vietnamese because we have a lot of exotic tropical fruits, um, like fruit trees that were planted at my house before moving in. And that was actually a huge selling point for us. We're like, oh, cool. We got jackfruit. Let's, let's buy it. Let's do it. (laughs) And, um, 
since we've been in the harvest season here in the summertime, we have just so much fruit all over the place in our front yard, in our backyard, everywhere. And we've had some neighbors come up and ask us like, hey, can we pick some fruit? And at first, I was a little bit more ambivalent, I guess. And we'll talk kind of about the reasons why we may not set boundaries in the first place. I was like, oh, yeah, we've got enough fruit. I don't really care. You can take as much as you want. And then we had some people who we gave them an inch and they took a mile. Like they were, you know, saying, oh, well, we'll just pick the fruit in the front yard. And then they would end up in our backyard and we had to say something. And people were also trying to like negotiate with one time this woman was trying to sell me her cat food in exchange for oil and sugar. And I was like, lady, I don't even have that stuff in my own house. I need to go grocery shopping. (laughs) And she, (laughs) I know. And she asked me to go grocery shopping for her. And I kind of had to like work around it because I still have to work on my personal boundaries. I'm definitely somebody who I don't like to say no or come off as mean. So I was like, oh, I can't promise that. I don't know if I can do that. And then I, she just kept asking it. And I just had to get to the point where I said, no, I'm not going to buy you groceries. You can pick some fruit in our front yard, but that's it. And we actually have had to kind of kick some people out of our house because they overextended um, their welcome. And so it's important to set boundaries in but like before the jump, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Because some people will just walk all over you, even unintentionally. But if you don't clarify what is acceptable to you and what isn't at the very beginning, people will just kind of do whatever is the most convenient or the most beneficial for them, even if it's not beneficial for you. And it's not to say that you can't establish boundaries like later on in a relationship or a situation, but it's definitely a lot easier to do that when you first start a friendship or first start dating somebody or first start a new job. And while it can be really scary to do that, uh, we'll talk about some of the reasons why people don't set boundaries in the first place, but it will save you a lot of time and energy and emotional well-being. So that's what we're going to talk about today. I love that story, partly because fruit can be such an easy metaphor for energy Mm -hmm. and how, you know, we a lot of times can lead with it. I know you're a very gracious and nice person, especially when you first meet, when people first meet, you share. So I think people can kind of see that, oh, she's so giving with her energy. She doesn't care. And then slowly over time, oh, we're taking a little more. We're taking a little more. Oh, Cher doesn't care. She's nice. She said it's okay. It was okay for her to give me energy here. Now I'm going to kind of overstep my bounds over here. And I've definitely run into that before. And I think also I've been on the other side of that where I kind of push my bounds a little bit too far in in a relationship where, you know, with friends or or whatever, where I was maybe taking a little more from them and had to kind of restructure my mind and, and become a better person through that. So we're not always lucky to have other people realize when they're overstepping their bounds and adjust. So it's really our responsibility to set the tone, to create those boundaries. And really, if we want to get into archetypes, you know, be a king of your life. And that's the whole king archetype is setting boundaries around 
everything. Mm, I love that. And if you guys need context about what that king archetype means, definitely go check out the, um, I think it's called Divine Masculine Archetypes or just Masculine Archetypes. Yeah. Yeah. It's a great episode. I think it's somewhere in the 20s. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, So yeah. it's good stuff. We're getting so many episodes now. It's awesome. Yes. But, so fun. But yeah, I, I'm excited to talk about this this topic just because I think throughout my 20s, that's been a big shift for me and changing that. And really, a lot of those had to do with fixing my familial boundaries. And those kind of bleed into, those kind of bled into all my other relationships, both romantic and friendships. So it's, it's a good topic. I've gotten a lot better at setting boundaries and not just with people, but with substances, with money, with food, with everything. It's all a relationship. I love that. So we're going to go into the bulk of the conversation where we discuss what boundaries are, why we need them, why we may not set them, and then also give you a guide for what it means to set healthy boundaries and a couple ideas of what a healthy boundary in any relationship might look like. I think the content that I was doing some research on was focused a little bit more on romantic relationships for the examples of healthy boundaries, but I think they can be used in really any relationship, whether it's familial, professional, platonic, or romantic. So just kind of dive in, maybe take some notes, because I think all of us need to learn how to have healthier boundaries, and some of us are a little bit more adept at it than others, but I think this is something that everyone can take home some good information with. And then in the last segment, Robbie is going to give us some good advice for how to set healthy boundaries in the first place and what to do if somebody crosses those boundaries or if you cross your own boundaries. So yeah, we're just going to get right into it. All right. Great. Thanks, Cher. See you on the flip side. And we are back with the Balance and Moderation Podcast. This is your boy, Rob. I'm sitting here with Miss Sheridan. And today we're talking about boundaries and specifically boundaries in relationships, not really just romantic, but any kind of relationships that you have, whether it's your family members or friends, or I know off air, we were just talking about corporate relationships and business and, and, and your employment. And those can get misconstrued very easily because there's money involved and hierarchies and that kind of always can screw things up. But share just kind of let's get into just really the definitions of it. I know you've you've worked through a lot of this research and these talking points. I think you did a great job. So really from what you research and what you know, what are boundaries? So I've got a couple definitions here. So one might stick out to you more than another, but uh, boundaries are principles, rules, or guidelines that set that you set for yourself in context to your relationships, either with other individuals or areas of your life. So you have this defined value system of what is acceptable and what isn't, what you can tolerate and what is intolerable, and then having that self-esteem and that confidence to be able to actually speak up for yourself either ahead of time and letting people know if it's another person in context saying, hey, this is my boundary, this is what I can accept and what isn't. Or later on, if somebody crosses a boundary, having enough confidence to go back to them and say, hey, I love you, but you crossed a boundary for me and I want you to understand why. So 
that's a good kind of overall definition of boundaries. Um, boundaries also separate your physical space, your feelings, your needs, and your responsibilities from other people. It informs others how to treat you, and you get to define what is acceptable and what isn't. And uh, Mark Manson, who wrote The Subtle Art of Not Giving a Fuck. Love he, that book. Yeah, he's a great guy. So I really need to read some of his stuff, but I really enjoyed one of the articles that I read about strong, healthy boundaries. So we'll link all of the articles that I used in the description box below. But he defined healthy personal boundaries as taking responsibility for your own actions and emotions and not taking responsibility for others' actions and emotions. And honestly, when I first read that, it made me uncomfortable. Like, I, I read it and I was like, huh? Is that... Is that really what a boundary is? I'm not sure if that's my personal definition of a boundary, but the more that I read his article and was doing more research, the more it kind of stuck with me that I was like, oh, I guess that that really is what a boundary is, is not only taking ownership of your own personal stuff, your feelings, your emotions, your time, your energy, your physical space, but also recognizing that you're not responsible for doing that for anybody else. And just since we're talking about it, people with poor boundaries typically take too much responsibility for others' actions and emotions, which is uh, kind of like the, the savior complex. And then those who expect others to take too much responsibility for their own actions and emotions, that's kind of like the victim complex. And a lot of times in romantic relationships, we see like the savior and the victim, uh, finding themselves in this, you know, beautifully toxic relationship. But it can happen, like you said, in platonic and professional and familial relationships as well. So I think overall, an overreaching kind of theme just in the world right now, especially on social media, is there's almost this like lust for victim victimization. I mean, there is a lot of bad in the world, but I think a lot of people really enjoy sensationalizing whenever something bad happens to them and kind of being in that victim mentality, whether it's, you know, somebody, something mean was posted or all the way to somebody like really attack somebody physically, no matter what you're doing. I think what you're getting putting down with the healthy boundaries is understanding that you can't control what is in the external. And if you become a victim, you kind of are just surrendering to whatever the world is giving you. It is very disempowering. It's not allowing you to be your highest self. And I think that's what boundaries really do is they almost put up the gutters on the bowling lanes and allow you to get to your destination without getting off track mm -hmm. or getting sucked into other people's gutters. Yeah, I like that, uh, that analogy. And yeah, I mean, I don't know about you, but I think everybody will find themselves in what we call a codependent relationship. So a victim and a savior relationship. I've been um, both. Yeah. And I, I was just going to say, I think we find ourselves on both sides of the spectrum. I know that I've found myself in both places in different relationships in my life, whether they were romantic or rela like friendships, different things like that, or e even familial relationships. And the thing about victimhood is that it's 
you're giving away your power because you're hoping that somebody will just like sweep you off your feet and save you and that will provide you the love and approval and acceptance that you've always desired. Conversely, I know a lot of people will not think that being a savior is necessarily an unhealthy thing, but savior's worth and value of themselves is defined on their ability to like take on the weight, like take responsibility for other people's emotions and actions because they can help lighten the load. So a lot of times people who identify as empaths really struggle with the savior mindset because they think, oh, well, if I can take some of that emotional or energetic pressure off of this person, then they'll feel better and then I'll feel good. So it's it sounds altruistic in a way, but it's just as harmful in some ways as the victim mindset. So the victim if they're ready to evolve into a higher version of themselves, they have to take responsibility for their problems. And then the savior must not accept the blame for problems that aren't theirs and allow other people to fix their own problems. I love what you're putting down. I, I, I think the, the savior or damsel and savior or, or victim and savior is I think we, we see that so commonly in romantic relationships. I was just going to say it's very romanticized yeah. even in uh, like fairy tales mm-hmm. and storylines and different <laughs> things like that. I, I was just having a conversation. Uh, it, it was my cousin's birthday over the weekend and I was at our family's house and we were taught, I asked them about what their, their daughters or their children are now, are they, what v- movies are they watching from Disney? Mm-hmm. And she said, I watched Little Mermaid the other day and it kind of pissed me off <laughs> because she's like a damsel in distress the whole yeah. time. It's either, you know, the guy saving her or her father and she's kind of helpless most of the time. And, you know, now with Disney movies, it's much more empowering in that female role, that divine feminine. Mm-hmm. And Uh, It's just funny to see how we've kind of progressed. And I think culturally, I think we're on the way. I think a lot of discomfort we're feeling right now is I think, and just in America, we kind of were on this, just kind of going with the flow. Everything seemed fine. Everything was kind of hidden. And the internet came out and we realized how, how much boundaries were being overstepped, whether it was Mm. with our climate, our food, our health, or and the way people are treated in certain populations. And I think we're all kind of waking up to the fact that we were kind of boundless in our country. And I think part of this whole mess we're in right now is trying to figure out, everybody's just trying to figure out where our boundaries are. I just got goosebumps. Like that's some, that's some real shit, Robbie. I love that. So why don't we just like jump into why we may not set boundaries? Because I feel like what you were just putting down really explains, you know, why we may be boundless, why we may not set boundaries in the first place, even though I think a lot of people know that boundaries are important, but just kind of like you said, it makes people uncomfortable to set those boundaries and speak up for themselves. So there's a couple different reasons why we may not set boundaries in the first place. The first one, I think, of course, is fear. So it's a fear of new experiences, of stepping outside of our comfort zone, especially if we if we are those saviors. We don't want to, like, you know, stop loving the people that we know need help, but we do have to, you know, save ourselves first. You know, I was just in an airplane and 
they say this every single time, but if you need an oxygen mask, you have to give yourself the oxygen mask first before you give it to a child or somebody in need because if you can't save yourself, you can't save anybody else either. Um, and fear of hurting other people's feelings, which we've already talked about, I think, especially for people who come off as like very nice and very open. I know you were even talking about me, like energetically, I'm a very open person and I want everybody to feel good and feel welcome and accepted and happy. But this has also led to sometimes me getting walked all over in different friendships and relationships, especially when I was in grade school. And I really got to a point where I said like, no, enough is enough. And I kind of went, a little bit 180 degrees and was a little bit of a bitch for a couple of years. And then I realized, uh, maybe that's not the best way to go about it either. So again, balance and moderation. Sometimes you ping pong between yeah. two ends of the spectrum and then find yourself in the middle later down the line. Life's a pendulum. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, but then another reason why we don't set boundaries is ambivalence. So just kind of like the whole conversation about my front yard um, earlier today. Um, sometimes you don't say anything because you don't really care that much. Like it's not really that big of a deal for them to just take a couple fruit from the front yard. Like, you know, we'll see some some people take some star fruit from our front yard. I'm like, eh, that's fine. Just let them have it. But then again, some people will, you give them an inch and they take a mile and then you are overflowing with like anger and frustration and feeling disrespected, but you didn't set a boundary in the first place because initially it wasn't that big of a deal. I am bad about this with buying drinks at bars. Mm. I'm like very like, I don't care. Like I'm buying drinks first. I don't care. I just want the transaction to be quick. I don't want you to wait. I want us all to drink. And then I'll buy the first round. Mm -hmm. And then slowly throughout the night, it seems like, oh, I'm buying this person a drink. And then I'm buying this person a drink. And then a lot of times I've had to learn boundaries of like, hey, dude, like, I've bought you three drinks a night. Like you, you got to buy me a drink <laughs> or we're doing shots or doing yeah. something like that. And that's just a very kind of shallow example of it. But my ambivalence towards it is because, you know, I don't hold money in a soup. I could probably hold it a little bit more in a higher regard than I do. But sometimes me, it's like, okay, it's a $6 drink. I don't care. I want to buy it for you. I want to have a good time. I don't really care. And then at the end of the night, my tab is is $200. And I'm like, Oh, fuck. <laughs> yeah. No, exactly. And even just kind of talking about energetics, because you know, I operate a lot from like the chakra system, energetics, different things like that. We can even find ourselves in a point of stagnation, where we're holding on to energy, we're not letting go of it, we're not letting new things in. Or conversely, we're just letting energy seep out of us because we're pouring into other people, pouring into different situations, and then not retaining any energy for ourselves. So you're either in this place of stagnation, of dis-ease, or you're just completely draining yourself in neither way is healthy. So you might have too rigid of walls in the in the first scenario, but if you don't have any boundaries, you're not going to have any anything left in your own cup for yourself. Definitely. And um, another thing, too, with your example, I think sometimes people don't create boundaries because of convenience. Mm -hmm. And so 
you know, you'll be in just kind of a day-to-day situation and you're like, eh, it's really not that big of a deal. I don't really have time for this. I'm just going to brush it off. And then the situation keeps coming up and keeps coming up. And then you've set this precedent of I don't care. And then people are like, oh, well, he doesn't care. So I'm going to keep keep buying drinks off of his tab and just keep writing it out. So people will definitely mooch and overstep their boundaries. Um, even if it's not a malicious thing, yeah. they just people will just do what is the most beneficial for them nine times out of 10. You know what I'm saying? And that's the thing. And, and just even the situation that you spoke about in the first section, people naturally have, we have this evolutionary mind that we're going to try to you know, suck the juice out of everything as much as we can. And it's just kind of this innate behavior that we have inside of us. And that's part of what makes us human is we can set boundaries. We can Mm -hmm. stop things. We can understand. We can be in monogamous relationships. Not saying you have to be, but we can kind of set those boundaries. And that's what's kind of separates us from, from our, the animals in the world is there, there's no boundaries. If you give mm-hmm. a dog unlimited amount of food, they're gonna keep eating the food. If you, you know, whatever, whatever you do, and I think we really sometimes don't give credit to our animalistic self enough, and really be mindful of the fact that we have all these primal urges, and if we just let them run wild, they're just gonna, they're just gonna go, and we gotta mm-hmm. kind of control other people's, yeah, around us. Great point. Um, And then another reason why people may not set boundaries, I know we were kind of talking about familial relationships and how they bleed into other relationships, but you may not know how to. Maybe boundaries were never uh, displayed in your familial relationships or you grew up with a narcissist or parents that were codependent with each other. So you were never really modeled how to set boundaries in the first place. So you would either have people walk all over you in your corporate job and asking way too much of you and taking away all your time and energy, or you're way too invested into a partner. You have the savior mindset and they just keep, you know, you just keep seeping energy into them and then you start getting physically and mentally sick yourself. And so again, kind of with that fear, it's new experiences. It's stepping outside your comfort zone and you might need a little bit of outside help if you don't really know how to set boundaries, whether it's doing your own research or working with a cognitive behavioral therapist, seeing a professional, because sometimes this stuff is really hard to do if you don't know how to do it. That that was a big thing for me. It, I had issues with my familial bonds, not because my parents were bad people, but because, and I think a lot of people, especially in my demographic and the millennials, and even with the Gen Zs, is mental health and setting boundaries and and making sure you're conserving yourself so that you can be there for other people in your life. That was never spoken about with my parents from their parents. They have they don't really understand this concept and then and you want to get into, you know, the son and father relationship. My dad comes from that generation where you just don't talk about your feelings. Like you can't like express yourself. So there were certain situations I had as far as more just expressing myself in a healthy way and there's definitely needs to be boundaries in how you express yourself. You can't express too much, but you need to make sure you're your wants and desires are are known to the people you have a relationship with. So I know seeing a, a psychologist helped me a lot with just more expressing those limits with family or friends, romantic partners, et cetera. Mm-hmm. Lovely. 
That's great. And then another reason that we may not set boundaries is low self-worth and people-pleasing. And I think these kind of go hand in hand, so I'll talk about them together. But if you have a hard time accepting or loving yourself, you're more likely to bend over backwards for others to prove your worth. And therefore, you have weak personal boundaries. So if you again, kind of with that savior mindset, if you base your self-worth off of your ability to please and serve other people, even if it is detrimental to your mental, physical, emotional, or spiritual well-being, then there's some self-esteem issues that really need to be bolstered there. And another article that I was looking at, it might have been the Mark Manson um, article, actually. He was saying that people with high self-esteem have strong personal boundaries, but conversely, strong personal boundaries will create more self-esteem and more confidence within the self. So it's that dualistic, that bi-directional pathway where even if you don't really have a strong relationship with yourself, you can just start small and start creating small boundaries either in different areas of your life. Maybe it's really scary to do it professionally or you know, romantically at first, but you can set more boundaries in your professional life or vice versa. If your professional life is really um, a point of stress and you're overworking yourself, you might find it easier to start with your family or start with your friendships. And then once you've been able to create healthy boundaries in other areas of your life, you realize that you can do the same thing in all areas of your life. And again, with like people pleasing, it's kind of the same thing as low self-worth. If we set personal boundaries, we fear that people may not like us anymore. Um, And I know that this is definitely one that I struggle with. Sometimes I struggle with, uh, with speaking up for myself or speaking authentically. I know that sounds weird having a podcast, but it's true. It's something that I've always really struggled with because I always fear like, oh, if I say something wrong or if I speak my truth, people aren't going to like me anymore. People aren't going to listen to me. I'm not going to be credible to them anymore. So sometimes I hold myself back from what I really want to say or what is really authentic to me because I fear of what other people will think. I think that's been a big process for both of us in in creating this podcast is understanding that we can't please everybody. And I think in the beginning too, we had to talk about it a lot because we were getting a lot of feedback from people. Oh, the episode's too long. This is too short. I don't like this. I don't like that. And we kind of had to sit down and look each other in the eyes. And I think we've both, we've both had conversations with each other. Either one of us has prompted it. But just understanding like this is for us, this podcast, and and we're doing this for certain reasons and we have a vision for this. And just because the the immediate people around us are giving us feedback, we have to be confident in ourselves and what we want out of this show and what we want to give to the world and and hold fast in that and create our boundaries and be open to criticism, but be aware that when it comes down to it, we have to have the confidence in our vision. Mm. Yeah, exactly. So, and that's a great point with boundaries is you don't, I think I kind of brought this up with the you don't know how example, but you don't want to create such rigid walls that you aren't open to new experiences, changes, changing your mind on things. But you also don't want to have no boundaries at all and then just have everybody, you know, be vultures and, you know, pick pick the scraps 
off from you. And uh, neither neither example is is healthy or respectful for yourself or other people for that matter. You got to find balance, and you got to find where you can moderate. You know your bound your boundaries. Yeah, <laughs> so, it's so. true though. It's true. Okay, great, great. Um, now we can talk about like why do we need boundaries? Which I think we've kind of talked about in why we may not set boundaries, but. Yeah. Um, I think there were some really good points in here that I wanted to discuss. So we need boundaries because it allows us to be our own authentic selves. So again, with like the people pleasing example, um, if you like stand up for yourself and recognize that your time, your space, your feelings and energy are your own and you're responsible for your own like time, feelings, emotions, but you're not responsible for other people's or how they perceive you, um, your self-esteem improves as well as your ability to authentically express yourself. So I think this is something that I'm still working through is not taking responsibility for other people's actions and emotions because at the end of the day, two people can look at the same stimulus, be a part of the same situation or view the same media for that matter and react in totally different ways. And it's not to say that 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 situation or that media was responsible for making you feel that way. You made yourself feel that way. You reacted to it in that way. And that is on you. That's your responsibility. So you have to take ownership of your reactions, essentially, and not feel responsible for the way that another person may react. So I think that allows us to blossom and express ourselves more authentically. And um, we have a lot more confidence in who we are as individuals as a result. I love that. And I, I, I think that kind of was going along with what I was saying before about the podcast. And, and that's something with me too. I'm always worried about how other people are going to feel. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I think that's a good trait for people to have. I think we should, we should, go through our lives and and be considerate of how our actions make other people feel but i think we have to find that i think like you the whole episode is about healthy boundaries <laughs> finding out where that boundary is where at what point are you taking away from yourself to to worry about what other people are thinking mm-hmm. exactly and then boundaries are also a form of self-care which i think a lot of people can associate boundaries and self-care together it's very common in like the holistic psychology sphere to talk about these things in tandem with one another but learning how to say no to things that are outside of your priorities or things that infringe on your time space energy and feelings is really allows you to recharge your battery, whatever, whatever that is that recharges your battery. But, um, you know, whether it's not taking on additional projects at work, maybe not double booking yourself, you know, you have dinner with a friend and then you double booked yourself for another evening and then you're like, oh shoot, like I, I did that again. Or you don't give yourself any time in the day to yourself or to work on something that matters to you, like a passion project or even just playing sports with your friends. Um, there's this yes, no duality where every time you say yes to something, you're also saying no to something else. So I know a lot of people struggle with saying no to professional colleagues, to their romantic partners, to family, to friends. If they get invited to do something or asked to do a favor or whatever the situation may be, it's very hard for us to say no. But when you 
are saying yes constantly to everything that's outside of you, you're also saying no to personal time. You're saying no to connecting with somebody else that like you really need to invest in that relationship or investing in yourself, giving yourself that time, that space to recharge your battery. You've always, you're always saying yes and no to different things. So that's a good thing to keep in mind is, you know, what's, you have to ask yourself, what do I really need in this moment? Do I need to go out and like celebrate with some drinks with friends? Sometimes, yeah, you might want to do that. But sometimes what you might need is just to drink some tea and read a good book. And even though you might feel weird saying no to your friends on a Friday night, I want to read and, you know, drink a cup of tea. If that's what you really need in that moment, being able to honor that is a great distinction for where your boundaries are at. Well said. Yeah. I think I think a lot of people struggle with that. I know I know I do. I double book myself yeah. all the time. I do as well. I do as well. And it's always, you know, I'll get invited to do something. And even if I don't want to do it, I'll always be like, oh, that sounds wonderful. Let me check my calendar. And then a couple of days later, I'll be like, yeah, sorry, I'm busy, you know, but I never want to just come out and say no. I always have to say, oh, I'm busy. I never mm-hmm. just want to say like, oh, I don't want to do that. You know, because that sounds mean. Yeah. But that's also a good boundary. And I will do that with good, healthy relationships, like really strong friendships or even in my romantic relationship saying, hey, like that sounds really wonderful, but I just really need to spend some time by myself right now. Or I would really love to go out to dinner with you, but I need to, you know, connect with my partner. I need to go down to Sarasota and visit my family instead. So being able to actually say no is uh, is a is a talent, um, but something that you can also grow. Um, Agree. And then, creating realistic expectations is another reason why we might need boundaries. So again, when we communicate clearly what is okay and what isn't, people know what's expected of them. So you're less likely to get walked all over. Um, whether that's, again, consciously or unconsciously, uh, the whole mooch conversation or, you know, give people an inch, they'll take a mile. If you know, hey, like, I'm going to buy everybody their first round, but, you know, the next round is on you, essentially, then people aren't going to just keep putting drinks on your tab because they know that'll upset you. But if you don't establish that in the in the in the front of the uh, of the situation, then people are going to be like, "Oh, drinks on Robbie tonight!" Drinks you know, on Rob. Everybody oh. loves that. So we got creating realistic expectations, and one of the big things: why do we need boundaries? And this is a huge one: is is your safety physically mm-hmm. and emotionally? And if you kind of want to dive into that real quick, share. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, especially when you are dating in romantic partnerships. Or even, this can be in any relationship, again, still, but physically communicating what is acceptable and what isn't. I know sometimes in professional environments, you know, I'm a young woman and I'm a zillennial. I'm right. I'm between millennial and Gen Z. <laughs> but um, Okay, Zoomer. Okay, whatever. <laughs> um, I think I just swallowed some of uh, Blue's hair that was on my mic. Sorry about that. <laughs> I'm sorry. There's it's dog all hair. good. No dog worries. hair everywhere here. Yeah. But 
I would be in work environments, whether it was like I was a hostess at a restaurant when I was in my teenage years or even working at the hospital. Sometimes, you know, some people who are older than me would just kind of overstep their physical boundaries. And like, you know, sometimes they would just like give me a pat on the back and I'm like, okay, that's not that weird. But then there would be some people who would like slide their hand down towards like my waistline and I'm like, okay, that's really not okay. But Sometimes when you're in the service industry or the medical field, you don't want to like set those boundaries because you're like, oh, well, I'm serving them. I'm supposed to be helping them. It would be really weird if I said something uh, to them directly. But if that happens and you don't want to talk to that person directly, you definitely have to tell your supervisor and say, hey, like this is not okay. I can't be in this situation with this person. Um, And in physical relationships, like sexuality and intimacy, there might be some things that are acceptable for you and other things that aren't. And you need to communicate what is acceptable and what isn't. And then also conversely, as the partner, you constantly need to be like asking for that consent and like, hey, is it okay if we do this? And um, I know sometimes it's a weird conversation with sex because you don't want to like ruin the moment by asking like, hey, is this okay? But it is important to like make sure that you're checking in with your partner and making sure that you guys are both on the same page because it is very easy to kind of like slip into something that is maybe makes another person uncomfortable. And if it's not discussed, you might have, you know, somebody crying in bed next to you in like five minutes and you don't understand why. So that's never something that you want to do, especially if you are a genuinely good person and care about the person that you're becoming intimate with. Mm -hmm. I think just just an aside on that real quick, just coming from a place where you're not trying to kill the mood, but you want to make sure everything is going well is not necessarily dirty talking, but kind of bringing it up being like oh i really like this how are you like oh do, are do, are you into this do you like like as things are going on and or like i'm i really am enjoying this are you enjoying this mm-hmm. kind of asking not like asking permission but just making sure the person is comfortable throughout and i think you can do that in a way that doesn't suck the suck the romance yeah, out of the room yeah exactly exactly and then again if you have a ongoing relationship with somebody you can even talk about it afterwards and be like hey what was good and what wasn't or what would you like me to do differently next time so and that's true in like all contexts I think you know a lot of people take sex so far out of context of other areas of life but it really is just like a the same thing, just a different expression of really all these different areas of our life. So being able to, you know, check in and say, hey, like, how was this? Was this good? Was this not good? Okay, cool. I'll do this differently next time. Whether it's, you know, get, getting intimate with somebody or making uh, a meal with somebody. Hey, was this good? Like, yeah. oh, I needed a little bit more salt. Okay, good to know. I'll do that again next time. Or you really burned the chicken. Like, oh, okay. Oh. Sorry about that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, And then as far as like emotional safety, um, vulnerability and opening up is something that should come naturally and should not be expected or pushed on anybody. I know some people are a little bit more open sharers with other people um, and some people are just a little bit more reserved, but creating that healthy foundation for a relationship will allow people to open up naturally, but you don't just want to like press and prod people to open up to you because that's also not 
not a very respectful thing to do. And then also in receivership, sometimes you'll have these friends that will just like pour into you, pour all of their problems, their worries, their fears onto you. And you have to be able to say like, hey, like I love you, but I'm not really in the space to receive this right now. And I have this going on with some of my friends. Like we'll always check in with each other. Like, hey, I'm going through some stuff right now. Like, can I talk to you about it? Or is this not a good time? And there, most times I'm like, yeah, I can, I can take this on or vice versa. But there's some times where I'm like, I'm really, I've got too much going on in my own world right now. I can't really take on anything else. Can we talk about it at a later date? And if you have a good relationship with somebody, they'll understand that. I think that's the biggest thing in all these when we're talking about person-to-person relationships. If it is a good person and you have a good relationship with them, a lot of these issues can be fixed very easily and you don't have to worry about it that much. Mm-hmm. So, Cher, I think we've gone over a lot of good stuff. Do you yeah. want to maybe kind of fire through uh, just a few examples of healthy relationships that you got and then we'll transfer into kind of our ending little tips and tricks Perfect. Uh, closeout session? Yeah. And we did t- talk about a lot of these throughout the conversation, so I can just kind of go through them pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. The first one is saying no. Uh, which we talked about quite a lot in depth. The other one is not taking the blame if it's genuinely not your fault. So again, this goes back to the savior mindset, allowing people to fix their own problems. You can acknowledge their pain and like, you know, support them through it, but it's not your responsibility to fix the situation if you are not involved in it. Um, So there's that on that. (laughs) And then um, also expecting respect. So if somebody, you know, crosses a boundary again emotionally and everybody's got their triggers and their traumas and sometimes people will make a comment that is not necessarily like offensive to most people but it did like rub you the wrong way so being able to have that conversation and be like hey that really made me uncomfortable and I expect you to you know go about these conversations differently the next time that we talk about this Uh, that's really important to have that foundational level of respect. And I think that just summarizes boundaries in general is having mutual respect for the individuals and the relationship as a unit so that you can create these healthy boundaries and be able to move forward effectively. And then another one would be Finding your identity outside of the relationship, which, again, I think just encompasses boundaries pretty perfectly. Having your own things that make you you, especially in romantic relationships. Prioritizing me time, asking for space, having self-care, hobbies, spending time in other relationships that matter to you. I think a lot of times in romantic relationships, we can get so caught up in the we, not I and you. And sometimes it bleeds over into your friends are my friends, my hobbies are your hobbies, your time is my time. And if you don't have that segmentation, that separateness, that individuation in the relationship, it can become so consuming and overwhelming that things bubble over and then there's no distinction between who's stuff is whose. And again, going back into that victim savior complex of you are responsible for my problems because we are a unit. And then the other person is just constantly seeping into the other person. And it just creates an unhealthy dynamic in both on both sides. Um, Definitely. 
Yeah. Been there before. Yeah. I think we all have. And then um, we talked about communicating discomfort physically and emotionally, vulnerability and sharing. The right to privacy, I think, is really important. So I know this is kind of a hot topic for some people, but being able to have your own passwords. If you're not ready to share a bank account with your partner, you don't have to do that. Or, you know, I am a journaler and both my partner and I are big writers and I don't read, you know, my partner's writings or his songs unless he's ready to share them with me. Also, he knows that my my journals and my diaries are off limits because it's just a way for me to process things. And there's some things that, you know, are appropriate to discuss with your partner and other things that you just need to process on your own and being able to know that you have that safe space to work through situations, struggles with people outside of certain relationships is um, actually a really healthy thing in a lot of ways. And then also giving your partner or your relationship the ability to change your mind. So not making somebody feel guilty if they change their mind about a certain situation or maybe there was a physical boundary earlier on in the relationship that now that you guys have been together for, you know, six months, a year, however long, you might be like, actually, I'm open to trying this out or I'm open to sharing this part of myself with you that I wasn't able to before and not making that person feel guilty. Like, well, why weren't you able to do this before? Like, what was the issue in the first place? Um, giving them that time and that space and that um, graciousness to be able to change their mind um, at different points in the relationship as it develops is uh, the sign of a healthy relationship. For sure. And I mean, I think now that I've been in a more consistent long-term relationship, you kind of see that. And it, it doesn't have to be with more even physical things, but a lot of that I think comes from emotional and sharing and, and opening up and kind of those those deep kind of rooted fears and insecurities and 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 that can be the hardest part with a relationship is finding the right time finding the boundaries around opening up to somebody. Mhm. Absolutely. And then, you know, communicating your physical needs. So again with um family, uh partnerships, marriages, whatever the case may be, this is really important. So being able to communicate like, "Hey, I am a vegetarian and I really don't want to have meat in the house." Like you know, if that's something that's really important to you, you need to be able to express that to your partner or, hey, I'm doing the carnivore diet. I need to have meat in the house. Like you have to be able to find what boundaries work well for you. Or maybe someone is trying to like lose weight and you're like, I can't have, um, you know, sweets, sweets around because sweets are my are my weak spot. If you really want to go get dessert, like, please leave the house without me because I'm really trying to work on this area of my life, whatever the case may be, or sleeping patterns or noise in the house. Just kind of, I'm thinking a lot more about like home life, uh, communicating physical needs of like, hey, I need to be able to do this for myself. And if this conflicts with something that's going on with you, then we'll need to find some sort of compromise that works well for both of us. And I think with communicating those needs, I think you, it, it needs to be something needs to be touched on. Something that I've had to get better about is not just saying like, "Oh, I need to work out and going out the door." Is like maybe sitting down with my partner, sitting down with mine, and be like, "Hey, I know we're kind of crazy busy this weekend. I know we got a lot going on, 
But if I don't get my workout in tomorrow morning, I'm not going to be mentally present for dinner with our family or this party. Mm -hmm. Like I need that time. I know I may kind of put some more responsibilities on you and we can kind of have that conversation. Okay, you can go work out. I'll go walk the dog or, you know, vice versa. And and just being open about that, we're able to kind of structure our lives together where both of our needs are getting met. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, those were just kind of the biggest examples that stood out to me. And um, in the next section, Robbie's going to talk about how you can create healthy boundaries for yourself. And uh, we'll also go into kind of what we're working on and touch base on what's going on next week. Love it. Thank you so much, Cher. We'll see you on the other side. So thanks for being here at the Balance and Moderation Podcast. My name is Sheridan, and we just discussed in the last segment what are boundaries, why we need them, why we may not set them in the first place, and then how to create strong boundaries and what some examples of strong, healthy relationship boundaries look like, whether you're in a platonic relationship, professional, familial or romantic. And uh, Robbie has some really great tips and tricks for how to set healthy boundaries in the first place, which I know can be really challenging for people if you don't know how to do it, or maybe you struggle with some of these, um, you know, ambivalence or fear or low self-worth. So Robbie, kind of guide me through your process of how you create boundaries and maybe some tangible examples of how this has shown up in your life so that we can, uh, we can take some time off air to create our own boundaries. Definitely. And a lot of what I do to create boundaries, I could probably get a lot better in relationship boundaries. And if anything, I can do some of the tactics I'm going to talk about more focused on my actual romantic and friendships and familiar relationships. But I think when we're talking about boundaries, we have to understand that uh, a relationship boundary can be your relationship to, doesn't have to be your relationship to people. It can be your relationship to money. It can be your relationship to sex. It can be your relationship to, to, to food. It can be your relationship to exercise. And, and really, we're kind of talking about all this, an overarching theme of this is your relationship with yourself. Mm-hmm. So I think before you can really set boundaries, we have to do things that are are in pursuit of finding who we are deep at a core person. This can be anything but exploring interest and really something that I find allows me to get a good grasp on my life and just makes boundaries easier without putting pen to paper is leaving time for yourself, getting some dead space. Don't just go from one activity to the other. Let's say you go on a date Don't just get home and sit on the couch and start watching Netflix. Sit down and take 10 minutes and think, how'd the date go? Did I like this about that person? What did I not like? What do I need to maybe speak up on next time? How would I like that interaction to go better? And really just downloading and thinking through your interactions throughout the day and giving yourself time to have a conversation with yourself about it. We worry so much about our conversations with other people that we need to kind of sit back and talk to ourselves and make sure we're checking in with ourselves. We talk about consent. Make sure you're giving yourself consent. Make sure, hey, are you okay with what happened? Are you okay with how you behaved? And kind of go through that and backtrack and figure out where you can figure out where those decision points are because you're going to kind of hit those crossroads and you can either say yes or no. And that's basically what it comes down to. And we got to create systems around when we get to those points. 
For me, a big crossroads that I have to go over is with my social life, I get overbooked a lot. Something that the most basic way I kind of go through social events is if it's not a hell yes, it's a hell no. So if you're on the fence about it, especially for me, I don't have a lot of free time. So if I'm on the fence about something, and it doesn't matter really what the reasoning behind why I'm on the fence about it, I'll generally say no if I'm being healthy and, and treating myself with respect. A lot of times I fall into that FOMO, people-pleasing, I want to be there, support kind of, of mentality. But I think it, it, it goes to show it's kind of like that Marie Kondo method. If it doesn't spark joy in your life, it's not needed. So if you're going to a social event and you're kind of like him hon about it, like, eh, I don't really know. You're not really worried about getting there on time. You're not really worried about your outfit that you're going to wear there. You're not excited. Probably shouldn't be going. Like, mm-hmm. don't just waste casual time. We have so much we can do in our lives. And, and a big thing that we don't do enough of is give ourselves time. So we'll go give casual associates time really important time that we could take for ourselves and recharge. So I think just with social events, we have to think, is it giving me energy or is it taking away from energy? Is it, is it benefiting me in my career or not even career, but just overall happiness? Like, what is the benefit to me in this? Stop th- we have to stop thinking about what the benefit is for somebody else and start thinking about what the benefit is for us. That benefit may be, this is a charity event, and it's going to make me feel really good inside to go do this charitable thing. And that may seem a little selfish when we kind of think through that, but in a way, it's not. We're always doing something at our core to, to satisfy certain, certain needs. So I think what I'm getting at is we have to create decision trees. Everybody has seen those things. It's a question, yes or no, and then it branches off and it goes to other options. I have a decision trees that I've actually written down for food. I have a decision tree that I've written down for my finances. And really, I should probably sit down and really write it out for my relationships, but I really only have it for social events, that hell yes, hell no. It's a pretty simple one. Mm -hmm. Um, But for finances, I'll go through, if I want to make a purchase, first things first is, do I have the money for this? Which is yes or no. I mean, (laughs) I can't just go buy a Lambo. I don't have money for that. But, you know, first is A, do you have the money? Okay, next one. Say that's yes. Okay, next question is, is this something I need? Is this food, shelter, water, health? Is it something I need? Okay, yes, and it moves on. If it's a no there, then it can branch off and go to something else. Is this bringing value to my life? Is it having multiple uses? I don't like buying clothing that is only for one specific outfit one specific time. If I'm buying a shirt, I'd like to wear shirts that I can wear to work out or casually, kind of going through. And what I'm putting down, and I can maybe share some examples. I feel like I'm going on a long tangent right now. No, here. it's all really helpful. Yeah, I'm enjoying it. Is if you don't plan to succeed, you plan to fail. And we have to make a plan with decision trees and how we 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 can create a plan around boundaries and we can create a line of questioning that can keep us out of danger. Mm-hmm. If you're constantly asking yourself, is this benefiting me? Is this healthy for me? Is this hurting me? It's pretty hard to get taken advantage of by people. And it's okay to have those questions. You're not a bad person because you're worried about what you're getting out of your relationship with somebody. Yeah, I think that's wonderful. So just to kind of recap, 
you know, having, you know, you call it dead space, but, you know, introspective time during the day to introspective kind of, time is much nicer <laughs> to like reflect on, okay, what went well during the day? What could have gone better? How can I, you know, stand up for myself more? Maybe how can I express myself more authentically? I think journaling is also really helpful um, at the beginning and end of the day. So journaling is almost kind of like teeing up your boundaries. So this is what I expect out of myself today. This is what I'm creating. This is what I'm going to accomplish. And then if I have extra time, I'm going to get these things done. And then at the end of the day, you can reflect on, okay, how did my social interactions go? Did I get everything done that I said needed to get done today? Was I able to invest in myself in other ways? Or did I invest in other relationships? And how did that benefit me? Um, Because I think sometimes when we're talking about boundaries, saying no constantly, if you're constantly saying no to friends, constantly saying no to family, more of a wall than a boundary. And we want to be careful that we have something where we're not, again, flowing over into other people, just like a, a river that has no dam to it. But we also don't want to have these super rigid boundaries that it creates stagnation. And then we never spend time with people that we love and care about. Because there is that, that give and that take where being able to spend time with family and friends actually does bring value to us and it does light us up. But if we're constantly saying yes to things outside of ourselves and never saying yes to ourselves, that's when the issue really comes into play. So I love that if it's not a hell yes, it's a hell no. I need to implement that more in my life. You know, even sometimes I'll have people coming into town that I'm like, oh, I feel obligated to do this, but is this something I really want to do? Not really, but then I'll still make myself go do it. And then even if it's only for like a couple hours, I still kind of like think to myself, Ugh, I, I should have just like stayed home or I should have just done something that actually was of value to me because this didn't really bring me any joy. If anything, I feel even more depleted, unfortunately. So mm-hmm. sometimes you have to Uh, weigh that risk and that benefit. So there's going to be consequences to any action that you take and consequences can be positive or negative. And you just have to figure out, okay, what is more of value to me in this moment? Is it more of value to me to connect with people right now, which I think a lot of people are seeking connecting with other people. So if that's what you need in that moment, then I would say go ahead and do it. But if you're feeling like I need to kind of retreat, I need to recharge my battery, I really have this project that I'm trying to get off the ground. So I can't say yes to drinks. I can't go down and visit my family every weekend or whatever the case may be. So um, asking yourself, what do I need and what is it that I truly desire without almost having you know, is it going to be this or that? But just asking yourself and kind of creating it as more of an intuitive process of what do I really need in this moment outside of everything that's going on? Do I really need connection? Do I really need to nourish myself? Do I really need a drink of water? Do I really need a shot of whiskey? Do I really need, um, you know, to do different things in my life? Do I need to do some self-care, just get outside? Um, But asking yourself, what is it that I need in this moment? And then acting from that place rather than, okay, would I rather do this or that? I think is actually a really, um, a a way that we can establish stronger boundaries with ourselves and others. 
I love that. And I think everything kind of comes back to our relationship with ourselves, finding our identity. And, and, and that, I think setting boundaries is, is part of that process. It's a part of that journey through life that eventually will lead to you creating your best life and, and understanding the journey and the process. And, and with what we're, we're talking about, if you set a boundary and you find out later that that's not working out, you have to readjust. You have to constantly be, you have to give yourself that permission to change your mind. Mm -hmm. And I think sometimes I know that's where I fall in is I don't give myself permission to change my mind sometimes. And I'm working on that. I'm getting better. And as my relationship with myself improves, my relationships with others improve pretty, mm -hmm. pretty drastically. Absolutely. So I think this has been a wonderful conversation. Is there anything that you want to touch on or anything you want to fill in about um, what you're working on this week in your personal life? Yeah, uh, with my personal life, I am... With, with the current state of the world, I work in the medical field. There's a lot of things constantly changing. So we have some different, uh, we have different restrictions that are going up again. And I'm just having to kind of like readjust and reevaluate. We have a, a big training this week. So I'll get a lot of good tips and tricks. And, and towards the end of this week, I want to really kind of set a good groundwork for the rest of the quarter um, for, for my business, as far as with the, the changing world and kind of switching up some of my, my tactics, because previously things, just things have changed and, and certain things cannot be achieved that were on the docket for the beginning of the quarter. So that's professionally, personally, just trying to, trying to really hone back into my relationship to food. I'm really kind of in this weird flux where I don't have a specific way that I'm eating, which is good and bad in certain ways. I think I'm, uh, you know, we talked about it. I'm trying to transition back in more of that keto, but I don't know. It's uh, getting those, building that boundary up again of saying no to things and, and not being like, hey, there's cake here. I'm, I'm going to eat some cake. Yeah. <laughs> so. And having a couple uh, tequila sodas definitely doesn't help with making those decisions uh, in the moment sometimes. No, definitely, definitely don't. So, but yeah, besides that, you know, I'm constantly trying to, work things out. Uh, my self-talk, I think ever since that episode, really trying to really hone that and get that into check. What about you, Cher? How's, how's your health journey going? Yeah. I mean, just like what you were touching on at the end, I've definitely noticed my self-talk has talk track has changed. So I'll find myself having negative thoughts. I don't know why, but I always have really negative thoughts first thing in the morning. Like I'll think about the, the weight of the world. And then sometimes that is what ends up keeping me in bed. So you guys know the whole journey that I've been on with uh, my sleep patterns uh, for this past year. So I'll catch myself in these like negative thought loops or catastrophizing or thinking, oh, I've got all these things going on today. Ah, and then I'll catch myself and say, oh, well, like, hey, Sheridan, it's not that bad. It, like, you, you have a lot more control over this than you think, and you can also maybe let go. We don't know how the situation's going to go, so you don't have to, you know, catastrophize or, you know, I'm just, I've just been catching myself a lot more recently or even just saying, just breathe. Mm -hmm. It's Okay just breathe. Like you don't have to worry about this. Just be here now. And that's something that I've been telling myself a lot recently in this last week. If I catch myself all the way up in my head and not really in the moment, I'm just like, Hey, just, just be here now. 
just be here in this Publix parking lot. Oh, there's some beautiful flowers. Look at that. Oh, look at the palm tree. Like just kind of rooting myself in the moment. And there's this meditation technique that's called the Ziva meditation that's really Mm -hmm. impactful where you use your senses to ground yourself into the moment. I'm pretty sure it can be done with eyes closed or eyes open. So you can do it like if you're on public transportation or if you're kind of just like waiting in a waiting room for whatever reason. So you will name like five things that you can hear, four things that you can feel, three things that you can uh, like taste and then see and then smell or whatever order it is in um, that just really helps you ground yourself in the moment and that just creates such a sense of like peace and serenity and openness to adaptability and I think that's something that you were talking about too in your workplaces you have to kind of restructure some things and become more adaptable to the ever-changing world. And that's definitely something I've always struggled with is being able to go from A to B to C to D um, at the drop of a pin. I'm definitely somebody who I don't have like a light switch on and off, but I more have like one of those dials where I'm like, I like to turn it up real nice and slow. And then I like to turn it down real nice and slow. But I'm learning how to be more adaptable in my approach to life. Um, through self-talk and just changing the way that I view myself and how I can operate in the world. I love that. Love that. I, I think we're both on this journey together. And it's and when I say together, I don't mean just you and I. I mean the, the whole BAM crew. Okay, one second. Okay, my bad. I will <laughs> another uh, technical difficulty. Another technical on this difficulty. Beautiful guys, Monday morning. Y'all aren't gonna hear what was just playing, but there was some audio playing in our headphones, so it kind of screwed up our talk track a little bit. So I'm gonna close it out right now. We've had a great talk today about healthy boundaries. If you have questions, uh, you can definitely reach out to us, and we will probably direct you to the right sources. I don't know about you, Cher, but I'm definitely not an expert on this. I have learned a lot from this episode and really gone through my head, and even now just kind of have seen places where I need to really work on my my boundaries. I don't know about you. Yeah, absolutely. We've got some links for you guys to look over if it uh, helps you guys kind of clarify anything that you want a little bit more help on. And again, just as a reminder, We are not, you know, doctors or therapists, so we're just trying to share what helps and works for us and do a little bit of research. But if you need a little extra help on especially this topic, you might want to look for uh, some professional help in your area, whether that's virtual or in person. Definitely. Definitely. I think professional help is the way to go. That has helped me a ton. And I... We'll probably find myself back in a therapist room sometime soon. Yeah, I hope so too. Yeah, definitely. for me, not just. <laughs> <laughs> I hope so, Rob. You need a lot of work. <laughs> no, 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 no. Yeah, well, you all need a lot of work. So, yeah. all right, we're going to shut things down. Remember, at the BAM podcast on Instagram, that's kind of like our jumping point. That is where you're going to find a lot of the material and the news of what's coming out in BAM. Also, if you would like to reach out to Cher directly, she is at The Soul and Science. She has a wonderful page. And then I am also at Wellness Rob. I don't post as often, but my stories are decent. You've been posting more than I've me been, these days. I've been trying I'm impressed. To. It's uh, 
creating those habits. So, yes. And I'm sure we'll talk more and more about habits as we go. So really appreciate you all for joining us. Please DM us with questions. Check out the website, balanceandmoderation.com. And just share it with the people that you love. I think a big way that we're going to build this podcast is not through algorithms. It's going to be through word of mouth and sharing it. And I just want to just say a quick appreciation to everybody that has been sharing us on on social media and, and doing the reviews and reaching out to us. We really appreciate it. We're really just trying to build a community around health and wellness that is in a realistic space. So I appreciate you all. I know Cher appreciates you. I do. And just remember, big love's the mood. All right, guys. Thanks for being here. We love y'all. Hey, everyone. Rob here. Really appreciate you listening to our episode. Just real quick. This podcast is for information and inspiration purposes only. Any personal opinions or views do not replace medical advice. Balance and Moderation recommend all listeners embarking on their wellness journey to do so under appropriate supervision by a healthcare provider. Thanks.